It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Trillions of dollars of new spending, new taxes, new debt new welfare programs. The only way I know how to improve it is, is with a shredder. Um, it's going to fuel inflation. Uh, when a hot pocket costs you $10, remember we're building back better. Uh, a, new, a new welfare program for illegal immigrants, amnesty for illegal immigrants, federal takeover of early childhood education and child care. Eventually, the federal government is going to want to control what they teach your kids. At least in the short term, a dramatic rise in the cost of child care. For example, in 2022, if the bill passes, if uh, a couple are making together $70,000 a year, you know what the cost for child care is going to be for them? $29,000. That's out of pocket. Wow. And that's for one child. Um, if you, you know, if you have two, who can afford that? The, this bill is going to add billions of dollars in new debt. We haven't talked much about the new taxes. Uh, you know, President Biden, he whispers to the American people, pay your fair share. But he never bothers to answer the question is wh of uh, what is your fair share of what somebody else has worked for? We've never had that discussion. Um, the Build Back Better bill just, just takes Marxist class analysis and uses it to redistribute wealth in a way that I think is going to irreparably damage the American people. All right, that was Senator John Kennedy talking to Maria Bartiroma. We, uh, you didn't hear Maria, but she was uh, expediting that interview. And he's talking about that huge bill that is now going to come uh, into the Senate for probably final approval. And this is the one that Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema are allegedly holding out on. Uh, but don't keep your fingers crossed. I mean, we've, we've seen this before. You know, uh, the, the, the vote goes to the highest bidder, and already you know, Tom Fitton is warning us that even, and I'm going to explain this in just a second, this is very confusing, and that's one of the reasons I don't talk about it a lot. I feel like I, I sort of have – I've told you this. I've given up on Congress in many ways. I really have. I just don't follow it every every jot and tittle because I'm so disgusted with them. I really am. Uh, but I think we have, to, we have to support our friends there and fight with them and for them because they are trying to do the right thing. Um, if I can explain this a little bit, last week they passed – uh, a, a short a short term spending bill. The government has to be funded, and so uh, because it, it's been forever, I can't even remember the last time we really had a budget. 
presidents used to submit their budgets to Congress, then Congress approved them, and then we had a, a budget, you know, like for a family, like for a business. But we haven't had a budget in years, and so because they can't agree. And so what generally happens is they squabble about the funding. They each, both sides, want to get their pet projects funded, you know, and so they compromise a lot, and we end up with horrible things. And then we go to this 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 drama. Drama is too kind a word. It's just a silly, silly, silly game they play that's so dangerous where they go back and forth and they, you know, refund the government for 30 more days or two months or three months or because they never have a budget. And in the midst of that, they what happens generally is because they can't agree, then some big omnibus spending bill, that's what they call it because it's always huge. It comes out of this, and then uh, the Republicans always cave, and the Democrats always get everything they want. Just saying, that's what I've been watching for decades now. So uh, this is what we have playing out right now. So last week, uh, the uh, they couldn't reach you know an agreement, the Democrats and Republicans, in the House and Senate, so they struck a deal. They struck a deal for a short-term funding bill that will keep the government open until mid-February. Not to worry till mid-February. In the process of that, though, uh, they did a lot of uh, bad things. And one of them is that they refused to defund the vaccine mandate portion of this. So um, this will all connect in just a second, I hope. I'm hoping to make it as clear to you as I can. Uh, That connects to this big bill that Senator Kennedy was talking about, which is the Build Back Better bill. Different bill, totally different spending. Uh, there are estimates now. I've heard things all over the place. I've heard, you know, they say it's one point something trillion, but we know better. We've heard estimates of as high as five trillion, some as high as seven trillion. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? And as Nancy Pelosi once said, we have to pass the bill before we can see, you know, what's in it and what it really costs. That's the way we're conducting business, and that's why the country's going bankrupt. But on the issue of Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Sinema, uh, we got some insight into how they might vote, where their sympathies are. This is I'll pick on Joe Manchin for a second. I don't know about Kristen on this. Yes, I guess I do. She, uh, she voted to, for that short-term spending bill, too, which means that they completely uh, ignored Mike Lee's amendment to defund any mandates, to take away the funding for the mandates. That's the only thing the Congress can do right now. Uh, for exec- against the executive branch. So Tom Fitton has tweeted, don't be fooled. Senator Joe Manchin just voted against an amendment to defund the ac- abusive Biden vaccine mandates. So um, don't hold your breath on where Joe Manchin is and all this stuff. Uh, yeah, he likes to, you know, bluster and beat his breast like he's, you know, in a bind. But what he's doing is making deals and getting some great benefit from holding out. If he holds out, I'll, you know, I'll do a mea culpa I'll do a press conference. I'll ask Joe Manchin to be on the show and pat him on the back. Uh, But I I don't expect him to hold out on this. So we have a short-term spending bill. And in the process of that, 80 House Republicans now, this is a different bill. Oh, this is why I don't cover Congress much. Yeah, so uh, they voted just last Tuesday. I don't even know how I didn't hear about this until, you know, this weekend, but I didn't. 80 House Republicans voted with Democrats on Tuesday to pass the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act. Sounds great, doesn't it? 
So what it's going to do is pour $400 million of taxpayer funds into an immunization system data modernization and expansion, uh, a a system otherwise defined as confidential, population-based, computerized database that records immunization doses administered by any healthcare provider to persons within the geographic area covered by that database. And of course, the way the left is presenting it, now this is going to, they'll notify you when you need your vaccinations. This will be nice. You can keep track of what you've had and you don't have to remember when the doctor asks you. But of course, it has other things. Uh, It's going to make sure the federal government knows whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. It's a really handy tool to now reach out and punish people in a personal way. Uh, to know whether they've been vaccinated, the federal government tracking all of us about whether or not we've been vaccinated. It's been referred to uh, Orwellian rules that are going to be now enforced thanks to those 80 House Republicans. And uh, some of those House Republicans, it's a huge disappointment, really. Um, uh, Kevin McCarthy voted for it, and I think um, Burgess Meredith voted for it. So I just, you know, who knows? And and then there's... um, 19 Senate Republicans, you know, who, um, well, they're the same kind of uh, list, about that many, that voted for the infrastructure bill. And that bring me, brings me back to Senator Kennedy. Now, the infrastructure bill was passed, what, two weeks ago? And was passed by the help of something like 19, maybe it was 20 uh, senators. So Maria Bartiroma asked Senator Kennedy about that. And if it was, she was affirming what we know, and I've tried to explain to you that by passing the infrastructure bill, this is this is the stuff only people in the Beltway can understand, and even then, now, it's like a puzzle. Because Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer made it clear, and the left made it clear, that they would not pass an infrastructure bill without they would not they they did not want the infrastructure bill divided from this uh, Build Back Better bill. Both of them had to be passed. Don't ask me to explain because it's too complicated. But you can bet it's not good for America. You can just bet that. And so the idea was to stop them on the infrastructure bill. But 19 Republicans said, you know what? No, no, because we're going to get money in our district. And I've got a bridge that's going to be named after me. One of those was Mitch McConnell. He, Yes, he led the pack. It's his same usual uh, lineup. And now those 19 Senate Republicans, I don't know if it was, again, it could be 20 on the infrastructure. This is a new one. They have just um, voted to give President Biden, over $13 billion to resettle an unlimited flow of Afghans across their states. And it's the same crew. It's Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Morcapito, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, John Cornyn, Lindsey Graham, Cindy Hyde-Smith. John Kennedy voted for this, too. Mitch McConnell, Jerry Moran, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mike Rounds, Marco Rubio, Richard Shelby, Tom Tillis, Roger Wicker, Todd Young. All of these guys... They voted for it, and I'm sure they'll have reasons. I'm sure they'll have reasons. They always have reasons, but that's the truth. Now, this Build Back Better bill is coming up. Um, this You're going to be hearing all about it. They're trying to get it through quickly. Uh, they can pass it on uh, reconciliation, so they need, because it's a budget matter, and th- that means that the filibuster doesn't apply to this. They're, they can get around that. That's why they call it the reconciliation bill. So they only need 51 votes. The Senate is split evenly between Republicans and Democrats, um, and um, now so far, you know, the Republicans say they're uh, holding fast against it. Of course, we'll see, won't we? Uh, and so Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema are our two holdouts. They are our hope for tomorrow. 
And so that's what's coming this week in uh, on the in the Senate and in the House. And uh, but you know, I have to say, it's it's hard. I don't have sympathy for the senators. I have sympathy for the conservative senators, the half a dozen of them. But I don't have sympathy for the Senate. I do have sympathy for the members of the House, at least the the Freedom Caucus, the good guys. Uh, they are under terrible. They're, it's like living in a dystopian universe with Nancy Pelosi in control of everything. Uh, and so you remember that um, uh, Lauren Boebert is uh, now had to – she apologized Omar, uh, Omar, Omar Il, Ilhan Omar uh, because of things that she said. I think she um, – um, you remember the, the statement she made on the floor about – uh, this is too much detail, but Paul Gosar was being censured by Nancy Pelosi and ta- stripped from his committee assignments because of some meme that he posted at, that offended Ilhan Omar. So Lauren Boebert stood to support him, and then she also made some blistering remarks on the floor about Ilhan Omar's uh, marriage to her brother, about her uh, f- giving uh, illegal funds to uh, her current husband, about her ties to to jihad, and uh, Ilhan Omar was, you know, fit to be tied, shall we say. And so um, Lauren Boebert, I think, was encouraged by leadership. I'll just say I think she was encouraged by Kevin McCarthy and others to go apologize. So they had a phone call. Ilhan Omar hung up on Lauren Boebert. And now Ilhan Omar, in the spirit of reconciliation, is demanding that Speaker Pelosi uh, remove um, Lauren Boebert from her committee assignments now. You know, she must pay for this horrible thing that she's done. And so uh, Ilhan Omar in an interview over the weekend said she's pretty sure Nancy Pelosi's going to move to strip Lauren Boebert of her committee assignments this week. And um, so that that reminds me that of Marjorie Taylor Greene because last night I watched uh, her on video talking about the death threats that she's receiving as a result of the things that the squad, uh, the leaders of the House, uh, the press have said about her. And I listened to the whole thing. It was the most vile. There's no way I could have Adam edit it. It was so disgustingly stomach-churning. I thought I was listening to a series of demons, which I probably was. So the death threats are all over the place. And I think, you know, I would have to say that, you know, we don't want death threats coming for any congressman, but... The Republicans are suffering the brunt of this. We need to pray for them, pray for them to remain steadfast uh, because they are under tremendous pressure when they try to do the right thing. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Every American ought to visit George Washington's Mount Vernon estate south of Washington, D.C. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We're going to be going to Mount Vernon on one of our spiritual heritage tours coming up in June and September. Wanted to let you know about these tours already because they will fill up quick. So for all the information, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. We're going to be going to Yorktown, Jamestown and Williamsburg as well on a separate trip. So, so much rich American history there to be experienced. Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a nationally noted historian, and he's going to be with us along the way. SpiritualHeritageTours.com. 
This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Allison Doon, Acting Director of the U.S. Met. Her bureau produces coinage for the United States to conduct its trade and commerce. Deuteronomy 8.18 reminds us that God gives us the tools for business. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers, as it is on this day. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Allison Doon in her role at the U.S. Mint. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. With the generous support of listeners like you, our radio ministry is in our fourth year on the air. Keep the power of prayer going and become a regular sustaining member. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Are you looking for a university that provides a quality Christian education with excellent academic and athletic programs? Well, I want to invite you to visit Liberty University, where they offer multiple visiting opportunities to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to their Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. You can also take a virtual tour from the comfort of your own home. Plan your visit today by texting "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Again, that's "Go Visit" to the number 49596. Parents will no longer be allowed access to public libraries in Loudoun County, Virginia schools. Stacy Langton tells the Washington Examiner that one principal is barring parents after she checked out All Boys Aren't Blue, one of several books she says contains child pornography and pedophilia. Now, educators got rid of Dr. Seuss and Little House on the Prairie, replaced them with material that would make even sailors blush. Many of the books available for kids contain pornographic material. In several instances, parents were ordered to stop reading excerpts at school board meetings. They were told the material was inappropriate for adults. Now, I would love to be able to read excerpts to you on the radio, but FCC regulations prevent me from doing that. It's against the law. I could face thousands of dollars in fines. And yet, school leaders want to let our children be exposed to that sort of pornographic smut. I'm Todd Stearns. Merry Christmas from American Family Radio and Sandy Rios in the Morning. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the Morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the Morning on American Family Radio. Everybody. people put in danger. Um, it's just a staggering window into his indifference to disease and death. He endangered his Secret Service entourage, the people that fly him on Air Force One, and he endangered uh, Vice Pre- then Vice President Biden at the, at the debate. Hmm. In, a, a, a astonishing, dishonest, reckless, uh, reckless disregard for human life. Yes, so uh, they're talking about a new book by Mark Meadows, which says that before President Trump was going to debate with Joe Biden, 
He tested positive for COVID and didn't tell anyone. That's what they're reporting. So the media is going crazy about this. Crazy. He tested positive. He put everybody at risk. He put his pilot at risk. He put Joe Biden at risk. He put Chris Wallace at risk, who was leading the debate, and on and on and on their fan mail. So, but, so, but it turns out, well, that's not quite true. That's not real complete. That's like what we talk about when they'll say something. It's what they leave out that really matters. That's how they twist it. They say one thing, and they don't tell you everything. So Mark Meadows was explaining what's in his book, and this is how he explained it, clip 11. The president's right. It's fake news. That story outlined a false positive. Uh, literally had had a test, had uh, two other tests after that that showed that uh, he didn't have COVID during the debate. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, the way that uh, the media wants yeah. to spin it uh, is, is certainly to be as negative about Donald Trump as they possibly can. Yeah, so there you go. So what what he actually said was, yes, he tested positive. Then he took two more tests, and he tested negative. So, no, they never reported that because he was negative in two tests. It was a false positive test. But, uh, you know, leave it to the media to do what they do, which is lie to you, distort, and give you an impression that's wrong. We should know by now with the debunking of the Russian conspiracy theory and uh, everything that we've been saying was true and more. Lies after lies after lies that Hillary Clinton actually and her campaign paid for that dossier. It was all made up. It was planted. Bob Mueller knew that. Robert Mueller knew that. So did all of the people in the Justice Department. And they just kept letting it grind on. And we just lapped it up. You know, people lapped it up. And it became, you know, the truth, even though it was a big, huge piece of propaganda and nonsense And I just have to stop and say, I remember again, you've heard me say this, but I'm going to say it again. I will never forget when I saw that dossier for the first time. And I read it and I said to you on this microphone, this is ridiculous. This can't possibly be true. This doesn't even make sense. Um, And so... Um, I was a layperson who knew nothing of the inside of all of this, and yet the media fed on it like like um, like jackals, you know, tearing the flesh off of some prey. It was just uh, amazing. And so we can't trust them. They are just insidious, wicked, wicked, wicked. Which reminds me, I'm going to go back to the Marjorie Taylor Greene thing because I'm sorry. Stream of consciousness this morning, the tape that she played of death threats that she, she's gotten, You know, it reminded me of very much, I used to get the same thing. I haven't gotten them in a long time, Uh, but I would get them on Twitter, especially after television appearances. Uh, I got them on the radio way back in Chicago, death threats. Uh, And then when, you know, email and Twitter, things were in writing, that came later. Um, I remember after I got married, I remember sharing some of the stuff with Bruce and I I would just say, you know, I, I can't, I would never, I can't even imagine the things they're saying are so repulsive and unimaginable things that you would never even think about. You can't even imagine the depravity of things about my disabled daughter and just awful, horrible things. Uh, I, I knew, I recognized right then that I was dealing with demonic. It was demonic. And I didn't. it didn't bother me. I'm not going to sit and listen. I mean, of course it bothered me. 
but I'm not going to meditate on that. I'm not going to, you know, I know that who I serve, I know I'm a child of the king. I'm not worried. Uh, these are demons doing what demons do. And uh, that's what Marjorie Taylor was playing. It's just shocking. It really is. Uh, I think if we knew our, our world and our country is so filled with wickedness and evil, I think if we knew the depravity to which we have fallen, and not maybe you and I personally, but people who are around us giving in to their sin, you know, following another master, uh, we would be frightened. We could not sleep at night. And I do think, uh, as I think of this as in big picture, I, I do think that's why God is certainly beginning judgment. I, I am encouraged uh, by lots of recent events, and I feel like uh, these are my feelings. Now, God has not spoken to me about this. It's just my find myself wondering because of his nature, if he's not withholding that judgment a little bit because his people are really uh, pleading. And uh, it's, it's like I see God's mercy, which is what he does. <laughs> he's prepared to judge, and then he shows mercy. And so, um, w- you know, perhaps he will show more mercy. And I'm going to tell you about some of that this morning. But um, that's the kind of stuff that's in our world. And uh, that's the kind of wickedness that is hidden. A lot of the times I don't think we realize because we don't come face-to-face with the, the dark places. We, You know what? It's okay. We, we are sheep among wolves. And I actually think that's what he wants us to be. I think that's why he didn't want Adam and Eve to, to eat from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you understood the depravity of evil, you could hardly get up in the mornings. And yet that's what Adam and Eve chose. So we do know, you know, some of it. And it is pretty, pretty, we've known, we've known evil, haven't we? But we haven't seen the depth of it. And so uh, we are being protected, I think. Uh, and we are told to whatever, so everything's are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things have good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So people who serve Jesus want to think on those things. And that's what makes it hard. He has told us. He doesn't want us to meditate on that dark and evil part of what's happening in our country. So I say all that to say don't feel badly that you don't know and that you don't experience this. But you've had a touch of it this morning, at least by description, and just know that we are in a battle uh, that we can't see. I believe someone said that in the scripture against principalities and powers of darkness that we cannot see. And uh, we are we are participating in the fight, but we cannot see the full battle field. And so, um, anyway, all right. So back to COVID, because you know COVID, COVID, COVID. Um, I, th- I have a lot of so many things to tell you. I think I'm going to skip that next clip, and I'm going to go right to this. Uh, you know that President Biden now has extended the mandate. Uh, on planes, he's toughening testing for travelers amid the Omicron jitters. Okay, so now we know that Omicron is so mild, people do not even lose their sense of taste or smell, and there have been no deaths. Okay, I'm just saying. There have been no deaths from Omicron. But was it because of Omicron? Yeah. We must now, you know, uh, control travel, and we need to be afraid because, you know, because we need to be afraid because they can control us better when we are afraid. But Omicron turns out to be nothing more than a, another version, a weaker version, a weaker sister of COVID-19 uh, that doesn't seem to be uh, really doing hardly any damage. And that's the irony of these new rules. 
Now, in fact, I'll just uh, put, if you don't believe me, let's talk to somebody who's credential, not talk to, well, I'm, I'm going to read what he says. Dr. Harvey Reich is a professor of epidemiology at Yale School of Public Health. And um, he basically says that the COVID-19 pandemic has been one of fear manufactured by individuals who were in the nominal positions of authority as the virus began to spread across the globe. Um, he said, overall, I'd say that we've had a pandemic of fear, and fear has affected almost everybody, whereas the infection has affected relatively few. Few, By and large, it's been a very selected pandemic and predictable. It was very distinguished between young versus old, healthy versus chronic disease people, so we quickly learned who was at risk for the pandemic and who wasn't. However, the fear was manufactured for everybody, and that's what's characterized the whole pandemic is that degree of fear and people's response to that fear. Um, for instance, here's a, here's a little insert. I'm looking at, this is from, um, no, I think this is still the words of Dr. Rish. I'm looking at clinicians who have now treated more than 150,000 patients with fewer than two dozen deaths with hydroxychloroquine. All right, that's just his anecdotal study. He's still at Yale. I'm amazingly, I'm surprised he hasn't been fired. Uh, but that's a little bit. He says a pandemic of fear, and I think he's right. It isn't. <clears throat> Look, and I can say this. Can I not? Having nearly lost my husband with COVID, can I not say to you uh, that the death rate is still, even for seniors, so low, so very low, non-existent, nearly non-existent for children? I think uh, there's just no risk. Uh, no risk for people, and you now they're, they're, this push to vaccinate children is just nauseating. It's repulsive to me, and yet they're going for it. But let me give you some good news, okay? Would you like some good news? I bet you would. Uh, remember, the Fifth, Fifth Circuit Court heard, uh, some, heard some filings, and AFA was part of this, on uh, these mandates. And the Fifth Circuit, which is the most conservative circuit court that we have, uh, struck down the OSHA mandates. That was Joe Biden's mandate that said companies that had over 100 employees had to mandate vaccines. So the Fifth Circuit struck that down, and the Biden administration went back to them again, and they struck it down again and said, I don't think so. This is an overreach. You don't have a right to do that. You cannot make people do this. So then there was a lottery, I guess, as is the custom, to figure out which circuit court was going to hear these vaccine mandate cases and the Sixth Circuit won the lottery. All right, the Sixth Circuit, as I mentioned to you, is not as conservative as the Fifth Circuit, but not as liberal as, say, the Ninth Circuit. And so we weren't sure what to expect. But lo and behold, this is what happened. The Fifth Circuit, the Biden administration went back then when the Sixth Circuit was assigned to hear these things and said, please listen again and I'll reinstate OSHA's mandates, and the Sixth Circuit decided, well, this is what they said, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit Court has denied the federal government's motion to transfer the lawsuit challenging the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, that is OSHA, six COVID-19 vaccine or test requirement to a different court, while also rejecting a White House bid to dissolve a stay on the mandate, delivering a blow to the Biden administration's efforts to press ahead with implementation. So it is dead in the water for right now, dead, 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 uh, that OSHA mandate. So uh, I'm going to say now, be, before I tell you other stories, wherever you are, if you're in the medical field, uh, if you are in the military, if you are in, in, you know, in the workplace, stall, stall, stall. Hold on as long as you can. 
uh, if you have a conviction against getting this uh, vaccination because we are getting some really favorable um, favorable results. In fact, Cleveland, I think I have the story here, but if I come across it, I'll be more detailed. But Cleveland Clinic has stopped issuing the mandate. They've stopped. Cleveland Clinic has stopped. That's huge. They're one of the most influential uh, hospital uh, systems in the country. They are not mandating the vaccine anymore. And the centers for, this is big. This one is the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services suspends vaccine mandate enforcement. Now, see, okay, I want to make sure I don't misstate. The Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services suspended enforcement of its vaccine mandate for healthcare workers after two court order, orders earlier this week. A memo issued by the agency posted by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt on Twitter Thursday said that the Centers for uh, Medicare and Medicaid Services remains confident it will prevail in court, but is suspending activities related to the implementation and enforcement of this rule pending further development in the litigation. Now, it's a preliminary injunction, uh, but let me just say uh, the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Missouri and the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Louisiana have both issued preliminary injunctions against the CMS vaccine rule. And so, um, I don't know who to attribute this quote to, but it says, between the two of them, these injunctions cover all the states, as well as Washington, D.C., and U.S. territories. So, um, the rule for private businesses, which is being enforced by OSHA, uh, again, uh, you already told you, it was defeated, the Fifth Circuit Court and the Sixth Circuit Court say no. That has to be done away with. So, Biden's administration's Office of Management and Budget told agencies in a memo that they can wait to terminate or suspend their employees who won't get vaccinated until the holidays are over. How very gracious. It's such an emergency. He thinks he can wait till the holidays are over. So uh, this is this is good news. So I, that's what I say to you. Even if it's unclear to you, the thing that should be clear is hold on. Hold on. Don't don't rush. Just stall, stall, stall. You know, try to uh, submit more. Uh, do do sub- submit legitimate concerns that you have, uh, but don't um, don't don't cave yet because I think we're winning some great battles. In fact, I can't wait to tell you about the next one. I'm I'm as excited about this one as any of them because it has to do with the military. So, uh, for those of you that are in the military, we've talked. We you have so many concerns, uh, tears losses of jobs. You know, it's just horrible what they've done to you. So stay tuned. I want to tell you something good. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, That is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. 
To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. When queried by the Pharisees concerning the greatest commandment, Jesus answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. He then said the second greatest commandment is, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't simply say you shall love your neighbor. He said Christ followers must love our neighbors as ourselves. Christian duty requires us to employ discernment and active empathy. We worship our Lord when we put ourselves in one another's shoes as we do life together and resolve misunderstandings. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible, and we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit, and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Didi, China's counterpart to Uber, exemplifies the dangers of investing in companies controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Following its initial public offering on Wall Street last summer, a CCP investigation sent the stock plunging, inflicting losses of $22 billion in market value. Now the CCP is compelling Didi to delist from the New York Stock Exchange over concerns that U.S. capital markets might finally start requiring proper audits of Chinese companies. Didi will likely relist in Hong Kong, however, a gambit enabling continued American investment under circumstances that protect neither our investors nor broader national interests. Yesterday, our Committee on the Present Danger China examined these and other perils associated with transferring U.S. wealth in pension, index, and mutual funds to the Chinese communists. Join us in urging President Biden to end this practice by signing an open letter at madishellcampaign.org. This is Frank Gaffney. Christmas from American Family Radio and Sandy Rios in the Morning. Hallelujah! 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 H
And that's the good news of today. So don't forget that. When we're talking about the news, do not forget that we serve a living God who is the God of all hope, and he will not disappoint. And, uh, you know, a day with him is like a thousand years, so we're not going to have quick answers, but there will be justice. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the uh, government will be on his shoulders, and will that not be a great blessing to all of us? So uh, it's, it's Christmas, and we do celebrate the coming birth of this Savior of the birth, of the past birth, but we celebrate it again as though it's it's new. It's a wonderful thing, and so don't forget that in this Christmas season. Don't you dare get depressed on me, uh, because uh, we do serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who will sort all of it out. And when He does, can you imagine how the heart, your heart, is going to leap in your chest as you see Him? Uh, come again and start sorting things out. Can you imagine? I could just only say I would not want to be on the other side of this. I would not want to be that holy, holy, righteous God who loves beyond measure, shows grace beyond measure, is also a God of terrible judgment. It's like, uh, what did the evangelists say? It's terrible. Jonathan Edwards, I think it was, it's a terrible, fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. And that's what the future is for many people. All right, I promised you good news for the military, and this is it. Uh, Dr. Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Harvard, he's just, his credentials are so long. He's become an acquaintance because of meetings I've been at, and he tweeted this. He says, this is really big news for Department of Defense personnel. This means that what the Department of Defense has been doing is illegal. As I have been saying for months now, the Pentagon POTUS executive branch is not allowed to administer unlicensed vaccines vaccines to military personnel. This is against federal law. What's he talking about? He's talking about a federal judge, district court judge, has rejected a claim by the U.S. Department of Defense that the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine being administered under emergency use authorization is interchangeable with Pfizer's Comirnaty vaccine, which in August was fully licensed by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I'm going to have to explain as clearly as I can. Uh, People have said all along, I have mentioned it, I don't know, you know, I've tried to make it as clear as I can. We know that the the Department of Defense, Lloyd Austin, did not have the authority to make the military take this vaccine unless it was authorized by the FDA. So lo and behold, I know it's shocking, but the FDA hurried and said, oh no, here it is, da-da-da-da-da-da, we've approved it officially. We know everything we need to know. Problem was it was a different makeup, a different compound, not the one that they are administering to the any of the branches of the, of, uh, the military. We knew that. Uh, we knew that. Those of us that pay attention to this knew that, and yet they got away with it. They started all of this horrible forcing and all this trauma for those of you who serve and for your children and your families. They started this uh, on a lie. And so it was taken to court, and uh, the judge is has ruled in favor of the fact that, no, that, that is illegal. The, the Department of Defense can't do that. Now, I cannot explain to you what that means in this moment. I wish I could. I just I can't explain it to you. Maybe we'll have uh, someone, someone, in, someone in, in the legal community is going to have to explain this. But a hearing is scheduled now for September 14th of 2022. So I don't know if there's a stay on this. It's a preliminary injunction. Uh, and so um, this, if you want to look for this, because you know I can't, if I post it, they won't. You can look, 
Google, it's under, this is the title, Federal Judge Rejects, you got a pencil? I hope you do. Federal Judge Rejects DOD Claim That Pfizer EUA, oh, this is too complicated. It's at Children's Health Defense. That's the, that's the outlet. So if you go to Children's Health Defense, perhaps you'll find that. It's hard to find these articles. I know that. I have people contacting me all the time saying, where is this and where is this? Because they're taken off. They're hard to see. That's why a lot of people remain in the dark about this issue. Uh, but Dr. Malone says, this is, this is the beginning of the end. He's pretty happy, and so am I, and we'll see. So the same thing applies to those of you in the military. Hold off. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe we can do something that will stick, that will stop this. This is a very good beginning. And uh, let me just say that Pfizer has been forced now uh, to release some of their information because of a lawsuit. It's a FOIA lawsuit. And so they've been releasing their own information on vaccine injuries. Uh, Yeah. So they've asked for 55 years to release everything they have. They just need 55 years to get it out to the public, just 55 years. So they've released 500 pages per month. So they've released their first batch. There's a total of 329 pages that will be coming out in the next 55 years. So, you know, hold on, we'll finally know what's really true. Last week, the FDA released the first five documents to a group of scientists suing for the information. And it reveals to them Pfizer's data on adverse events from uh, through February 28th. Now, this is, a, I'm a little unclear. I'll just tell you up front. I think this is just through, I believe this is uh, in uh, 2020, I think, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. But I can't be sure. But this is what their, in total, Pfizer declo- discloses the existence of 42,086 adverse event cases, reports containing 158,893 total events, including 1,227 deaths and 25,957 of the events classified as nervous system disorders. And that's just through February. It's either February, perhaps of this calendar year, or February of 2020. I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure it's February of 2020. That's enormous. Those are enormous, uh, enormous amounts of, uh, of deaths. You know what? Sorry, I may be... Maybe it was this year. I just don't know, but you can see it's a very short period of time. And so um, so Pfizer's having to release their own data, and it's very damning. That's, uh, that's, that's what is for sure clear. Um, now, I want to talk to you about what's happening in the rest of the world on this. Uh, Germany has just issued uh, this stunning lockdown for the unvaccinated Uh Exiting Chancellor Angela Merkel announced on December 2nd that Germany will lock down unvaccinated people as top officials also signaled that they would back plans for mandatory vaccinations in the coming months. Merkel said individuals who aren't vaccinated for COVID will be excluded from non-essential stores and cultural and recreational venues. The Bundestag, Germany's parliament, also will consider a general vaccination mandate. Now, I have also a picture in front of me of my old my old hometown and my own place where I used to live in Berlin, people out in the street, uh, just, I don't know how many, but I see the uh, Brandenburg Gate in the background. It's a long stretch full of people, and um, they're, they're protesting. In Germany, they are protesting. They do not want this. They're protesting all over the world, which leads me now to this clip. This is, um, uh, this is the head of, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah, here we go. 
Uh, Germany's Ursula von der Leyen. She is German, yes, but she is uh, serves at the EU, European Union, which, of course, you understand uh, this, this European Union states include Germany and Italy and France and all of that. And there's some, you know, it's very complicated what they've created over there. They've tried to create a union of states, and it works sometimes and doesn't work other times. But Ursula von der Leyen is making an announcement about these mandating vaccines in the European Union. Clip nine, let's listen. So first of all, this is pure member state competence. Therefore, in respect to that, um, it's not me to give any kind of recommendation. If you're asking me what my personal position is, um, two or three years ago, I would never have thought to witness what we see right now, that we have this horrible pandemic, we have the vaccines, the life-saving vaccines, but they are not being used adequately everywhere. And thus, this costs, of course, an enormous, or this is an enormous health cost coming along. If you look at the numbers, we have now 77% of the adults in the European Union vaccinated, or if you take the whole population, it's 66%. And this means one-third of the European population is not vaccinated. Okay, These that's are all right. She goes on to talk about how many people that is. So uh, the vaccines are so successful. I mean, why wouldn't we do this? We need to do this because, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's nothing else we can do. The vaccine is just so effective. Problem is... I don't understand why these smart people are so stupid. I really don't. I talked to a good friend of mine yesterday about Israel. Some of the best, finest medical minds and scientists in the world are Jewish, and yet Israel is out of their mind over COVID and the vaccines. They have lost their collective minds. I don't understand this. So it's, it's, If I can find this information, can't they? Are they really this stupid? Sorry. Mother, she didn't like me to say that word. Sorry, mother. I, I, I really is. How could that possibly be true? I'll just give you a couple. Can I just give you a couple? Dutch health authorities have confirmed that around ninety percent of the sixty-two people who are who tested positive for COVID nineteen after arriving on two flights from South Africa last week had been jabbed. Vaccine passports are pointless, and it does seem like the. The vaccine is pointless. Oh, okay, so I'll give you another one. There's an outbreak reported on a U.S. cruise ship. Let's see, which ship is it? It's uh, the Norwegian breakaway. It left New Orleans on November the 28th, making stops in Mexico and blah, 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 blah. So um, the problem is there's an outbreak on the ship right now, but every passenger on the ship is vaccinated. Every passenger was fully not just one jab, all the jabs, maybe even the, who knows, the booster. Yay for the booster. And they are have an outbreak of COVID. But you know what? She just told us, this Ursula, whatever her name is, that the vaccine is so effective. So don't be fooled by the facts. Uh, it is effective regardless of what they say. This is Australia, who's also lost their collective minds. This is a woman in Australia. The police come to her door, and uh, they're, they're talking to her. She's sitting on her porch. This is what it sounds like, clip six. What's, what's the guy? So this, I'm going to give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning that you have to stand up and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that's, we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the background. laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear a mask, yeah? Yeah, righto. Yeah. 
And you definitely can't go up the fencing rails, but you allowed to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's just obvious, yeah? So if I was Again, at that balcony... Sense. It is. We always say there has to be lines everywhere drawn, yeah? And one of the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense or it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line and that's what the law is there yeah? and that's how it goes, yeah? The law. What a chow direction. There's a law that says chow that. Direction, yep, there's a chow direction, yeah? And how the behaviour must be done, especially in this area because it's much more highly infectious and likely to have infected people. All right, yeah? I'm going to interrupt because oh, they yeah. don't want to tell her. Explain to her there's a $5,000 fine. Uh, they're going to, you know, waive it this time. But if she goes to the laundry in the future uh, or goes to that fence, uh, she will be fined five thousand dollars no wonder people are out in the streets by the thousands in australia uh protesting these mandates and the camps they're putting people in they're putting people in camps and that reminds me which i was reminded by this tweet this morning uh, this is uh i don't know who this is i know that their tag but i don't know who it is i'm old enough to remember when australians told us gun ownership was overrated i remember when australians uh, gave up their guns they did a bay payback program. They did a big uh, purge of all, you know, collected all the guns in Australia. They have no way to stop this autocratic authoritarianism that is spreading all over the island. And so since we're talking about overseas, one last story here. Pfizer vaccine batch has suspended, has been suspended in Vietnamese province. Over 120 students have been hospitalized. Uh, 17 of these kids out of the 120 I had severe reactions. Um, uh, so they're going to continue vaccinating children. They're just going to do away with that batch. And here, over the past week, three children have also died following their vaccination with Pfizer COVID-19. The health ministry has said that the cause of the deaths was overreaction to the vaccine. Until now, 34 cities and provinces of Vietnam have vaccinated children 12 to 17 years old with more than 3.5 million doses. Last week, four workers in the Tom Ho Kim Vet shoe factory died following their Vero cell COVID-19 vaccination due to, quote, overreaction. But hey, nothing to see here. The whole world must be vaccinated. You and I and uh, people in Australia uh, and our children now must be vaccinated. And it's very safe. It's very safe not to worry. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.